Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Making Your Impact. I am so very glad that you are here with me today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Melissa Ike. I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for the Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. I'm also a speaker, writer, and attorney. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeik.com. I started the Making Your Impact podcast because I love encouraging people to take the risks, to take the steps of faith or whatever it takes to go all in on pursuing their calling. I want to share what I've learned and stories from the people I've met over the years of making my impact to inspire and equip you to make yours. Today, I'll be sharing a self-care adventure that ended up having a quite specific quest attached to it. I'll let you know how that quest turned out. And January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, so we'll have a special segment today where I discuss a couple of common misconceptions about human trafficking. And of course, we'll wrap up with the question of the ep. Before we dive in, though, it's time for our Instagram shout out. And this week's goes to at the Titus Auto Center, which was my very first international follower. Titus Auto Center was founded by one of my BFFs, Anna Danforth, and her husband, Sam, who are missionaries on the south coast of South Africa. You've heard Anna on previous episodes when we've had some BFF chats. Titus is what's called Business as Mission. It's a fully functioning auto repair center, but it also combats financial and spiritual poverty by technically training and spiritually equipping auto mechanics in South Africa. It's a really cool program, and you can give them a follow at the Titus Auto Center. That's center spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. If you would like a shout out, just follow the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact, and I might just give you a shout out on the show. Let's get into today's topic. If you're a regular listener, then you know that we talk a lot about self-care on Making Your Impact. One of the goals of this podcast is to equip you as you're making your impact so that you can do it in a sustainable way. And discussing self-care is an important part of that. We incorporate it on this show by talking about the reasoning behind self-care, discussing it with guests, and then I also share my own little self-care adventures uh, to provide some real-life examples of self-care, but then also just because it's fun, at least it's fun for me. I do want to take just two minutes to talk about self-care, and then we'll jump into my little adventure. I recently read an article stating that engaging in too much self-care can be detrimental. This person cited self-care activities like excessive bubble bath taking. It stated that self-care mindset was causing avoidance and making it so that people were disengaging from real life, making it so that they weren't like living their lives fully. First of all, I would say don't let someone dissuade you from bubble baths if that is self-care for you. You presumably are an adult and you can decide the appropriate amount of bubble bath taking for yourself. But second, this is just not the way we look at self-care on this show. First of all, real self-care involves fun things like bubble baths and art projects, but it also includes real life stuff like doing our taxes or doing some meal prep when we'd rather watch TV. 
You can check out the self-care wheel on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact for examples that run the gamut uh, from fun self-care to necessary self-care. But this kind of like actual self-care was developed by people who are in the helping industry, like social workers, therapists, and activists, people who dedicate their lives to helping people, who dedicate their lives to making an impact. And like we've talked about before on the show, when you're working so hard to make an impact, to make a difference in this world, burnout can be a very real thing. And the point of self-care is to help us avoid burnout and maintain our own well-being so we can help others the best we can. It's not about avoiding avoidance. It's not about turning a blind eye to the world around us. It's about re-energizing ourselves so we can come back stronger, so we can come out swinging when we re-engage to make our difference in the world. Just a little soapboxing. I'm done now. So with my uh, most recent self-care adventure, I do want to say this too. Um, As far as the word adventure, it might be too big of a word I was realizing as I was putting this episode together, uh, but I've used it already a few times. So I consulted a dictionary because, of course, I did. And I found definitions like an unusual and exciting experience or activity and the exploration of unknown territory. Uh, Most definitions also involve the word hazardous, but I'll just tell you right now, my self-care adventures are not going to be hazardous. I'm kind of risk averse, but I do try to take on new activities. And I will say even engaging in self-care in such an intentional way is like legit the exploration of unknown territory for me. But I also try to do things that most anyone could incorporate into their life on any given day. Today's self-care adventure has a twist, though, because it ended up becoming a quest for me. I recorded this last November, a week before Thanksgiving, and that is necessary for you to know for the quest to make sense. After I'm done sharing the self-care adventure, I'll let you know if I actually succeeded in achieving the quest I embarked upon in this adventure. So without further ado, let's listen. It all started last night. I was driving home pretty late. I mean, late-ish. It was maybe 9.45. This great organization had a benefit fashion show for the Dragonfly Home that I attended with Whitney, our executive director, and just a really cool group of ladies. And so they did this fashion show for us. And um, so I had, I got some (laughs) Chick-fil-A because I was hungry. I was driving home and noticing Christmas lights up. And I thought to myself, wow, I am really not in the Christmas spirit right now, which, listen, you may not know me. That's very, very unusual for me. When Christmas lights go up, I revert to eight-year-old Melissa. I'm always so excited. I love to drive around and look at Christmas lights. What I do is I get a chai latte with soy milk and I drive around and I look at Christmas lights. This is my tradition. And I was seeing these beautiful lights up and I just thought, ugh, I have no response to this. And I thought, hmm, okay, let's let's think about that and what could possibly be causing that. And then I went on with my night, went to bed. And when I opened my eyes this morning, it's Sunday morning, the first thing that I thought was I need to take this day off. And then my next thought was, oh, I can't do that. And then I started thinking about it and uh, like every hour of every day has been filled. If I'm not doing dragonfly stuff, then I'm working on the podcast. I'm working on writing. And then if I'm not working on those things, I'm like constantly thinking about them. It's like, 
you know, tabs running in the background of my mind thinking that I should be working on those things. So I was thinking through all of these things this morning and I thought, okay, I talk about self-care on this podcast so much and this is obviously evidence that I need to take a break. And I had been doing, I had taken a break a few weeks ago and been doing well. And then these little things were starting to creep up again. So I thought, all right, I suppose I need to put my money where my mouth is. I need to engage in the things that I suggest to people. And then I thought, oh man, how am I going to take a whole day off though from, for, for just like fun or, or self-care when I have these things that really do need to get done? And I thought to myself, okay, okay, what is the priority though? Is the priority being perfect with this stuff or is the priority noticing these stressors These early signs of burnout that where it's just like the teeniest little thing and like take care of it now instead of ignoring it. And I thought it's probably the latter. And then so as I was kind of arguing with myself, I thought, well, you know, I had been wanting to do one of my little self-care adventure episodes again sometime soon anyway. So I basically compromised with myself that I will take my day off. I'm going to do self-care activities, but I'm going to log it as a self-care adventure day for the podcast. And I thought, okay, this is a happy place, a, a happy medium where I can balance all of these things that are on my mind. So guess what? That means that you get to come along with me. I guess you could call it my quest for reviving Christmas cheer, which is a very like hallmark Christmas episode title, sort of like not a great one, but like a working title. My friend Hannah Brammer, you've heard me talk about, has been watching all the Christmas movies on all the platforms. So I guess it's on my mind. I don't expect to um, fall in love with a mysterious stranger like a baker from a small town today as part of my quest for restoring Christmas cheer. But I do expect to maybe look at my Christmas tree. So that's got to count for something, right? So come along with me. I don't know what today will hold, but I'm going to get out my self-care wheel. If you go to the Making Your Impact Instagram, which is just at Making Your Impact, um, and scroll down, there's a self-care wheel that I've posted, which is something that especially professionals in the helping industry use to get ideas to help themselves balance out their life. So I'm going to consult my wheel and I'm going to see where this day off takes me. And I'm going to trust I have experienced this and I have I have read research that confirms it. But I always have to reconvince myself that when I take this day of self-care, then all these things that I have to do that will still be there tomorrow, I'll be way better equipped, refreshed, recharged, re-energized to do those things better and more efficiently. So here we go. All right, midday self-care adventure update. I took myself to a Barnes and Noble in Oklahoma City. It's a beautiful day in the high 60s, low 70s, clear blue skies. Personally, I prefer some fluffy clouds, but it's pretty good. So I took my trusty Bose headphones that have seen better days but still work. I got them in law school like 11 years ago and those suckers are still alive and kicking. 
took those. Um, a book by one of my favorite authors and actresses, Felicia Day, and um, sharpened pencils, three sharpened pencils, highlighter, and went and got a coffee and just sat there, kind of cocooned myself in. And I took the time to read more in her book. Her book came out in October of this year, like right, like I think like just a couple days before our gala. And then I've been busy ever since. And so I hadn't really set aside time to read it very much. And so I took just maybe an hour, hour and a half today to do that. And this book is also, it's a workbook built into one. It's a, it's a workbook that is supposed to help you unleash your creativity. And I had read Felicia's memoir a few years ago. Actually, I listened to the audiobook and it just, it had a real impact on me. It is one of the books that helped me feel empowered to write my own memoir. Um, it opened my eyes up to just different forms of creativity and just like this idea that anyone can really create anything. In fact, um, a quote, an approximation at least of a quote from that book is she said, you can attempt anything. And I thought that's actually super empowering. Like you can try anything that you want to try. You can, you may have varying degrees of success, but there's so much value that comes just out of the trying. And so this new book of hers, oh, that the memoir is called You're Never Weird on the Internet Almost. And then this book is called Embrace Your Weird, Face Your Fears, and Unleash Creativity. So I sat in the Barnes and Noble with this book that I've been wanting to get into for weeks now and went through about a chapter and a half. A couple things. So you're supposed to write in the book. Let's see. What are some highlights from what I read today? One question she asks is, think of something you believed to be true as a child that was impossible. Now pretend the impossible is possible just for a second. Examples, Santa, unicorns, a dream about being an astronaut, etc. It is real. How would the impossible change your life now? And I wrote, I dreamt of being a member of the Beach Boys. I would frequently sing along with their album, especially the song Kokomo. I love that song because it came out when I was a kid. The themes of Kokomo are quite mature, but as a child, it just seemed like, uh, you know, uh, singing about an island or something. So I wrote, I dreamt of being a member of the Beach Boys. If that were real, well, I'd surely be very famous right now and probably covering the surf hits of the 60s. Let's see what else. Um, so she wanted us to tap into our childhood memories to just think about different things that inspired us as children. So like it was a list. Um, what was your best birthday? My 15th birthday. I know that's a little bit old, but that's a minor. That's, that's still a kid. That's when, um, my friend Libby and I felt like be, was the day that we became BFFs, the day of my 15th birthday party. Favorite food. I wrote down toaster strudel, most hated cartoon villain, for sure pizzazz of the rival band, the misfits on the cartoon gem and the holograms pizzazz had green hair and was obnoxious most awesome vacation colorado um posters i had hanging in my room new kids on the block 100 percent. oh yeah list 10 activities you used to love doing as a kid i wrote riding my bike playing piano 
planning musical shows. That's right. I would take my Christmas songbooks and I would plan out Christmas musical extravaganzas and arrange things and peg my friends as the singers for different songs and who would do harmonies. That's what childhood Melissa would do for fun. Uh, designing promotional posters, uh, 100%. Hitting tennis balls against a wall. Listen, I'm not a good tennis player. I'm useless in actually playing tennis, but I love the act of just hitting tennis balls against a wall. I would do that all the time until it got too dark and I couldn't see. Um, cooking with random ingredients, singing choreographing 100% loved choreographing dances as a kid especially to Gloria Estefan the rhythm's gonna get you you know and it got me uh, reading and writing stories did that a lot when I was a kid so that was fun to think through so a lot of the self-care involved in that was the act of writing and reading as one um thinking through there was also like a little creative story that I was supposed to write about the first thing that I looked up and saw the first thing I looked up and saw was a honey bear container sitting with all of the coffee accessories at Barnes and Noble so I wrote about that so I would say like even just like getting out of the house being in the fresh air and sunlight to a degree you know in my car and but, you know, being around people in a public place and then engaging in something that tapped into my creativity definitely helped. Now, as far as the Christmas spirit quest, I will say this. I mostly had my headphones on, but I went and strolled around the store and they were playing Blue Christmas by Elvis. Now, that's not historically one of my preferred Christmas songs, but I forgot just how rockin' that song got, especially toward the end, and I will say that I enjoyed it. So, you know, it's a step. I will be back later to tell you more about my self-care adventure. Five forty p.m. on Self-Care Sunday. That's what I'm calling it now, apparently. At some point today, I realized, you know, when I talk about self-care on the show, I always remind everyone that self-care isn't always just the fun stuff. Like it, it also includes taking care of things that are weighing on our minds that help us to feel better, like some more serious stuff. But it's actually taking care of those things in our lives that when we are pursuing making our impact, whether that's full time or on the side, but we're being really intentional about using our time to make an impact. Some of these things are just so easy to let slide, but they're still like ever present in the backs of our minds. So I thought I should probably find something like that to do today, which was not hard. Um, first thing that came to mind was as an attorney, I have to submit yearly continuing legal education credits. And I took a course over the summer and I just needed to like collect different information from a few different emails fill out a form, and then email it to the Oklahoma Bar Association. And I just hadn't done it. So I set my timer and in exactly 20 minutes, that's all the time it took, I did all of that stuff. So 20 minutes out of what has otherwise been a very pleasant day, what I expect will continue to be a pretty pleasant day, like that's just not that much time. I have to submit it by the end of the year and now I won't be thinking about that and 
you know, that's just going to help us feel kind of lighter in our minds when we do that kind of thing. So there you go. I think on the self-care wheel, that kind of thing would definitely fall under the professional or the personal category, just taking care of stuff that's got to be done. So now that that official part is done with the day, what, let me give you more update on Operation Restore Christmas Cheer. I, I think I've called it something different every single time. Even if last night I didn't feel like it, just just for fun, I'm just going to drive around for a little while and look at Christmas lights. I consulted with Hannah, who I mentioned earlier about this, and she, independent of my own ideas, recommended the same things. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes. But this has so far been a really relaxing day. I, I think that I really did need to just engage in other areas of life. Hey, these are the kind of things that I used to ignore and it built up toward serious feelings of burnout. And just this little break, even today, I can see, okay, I would have before never taken such a day. I would have pressed on. I would probably have been in a better place in years past if I hadn't neglected this kind of thing. So (laughs) I guess I could say thank you to all of you listeners because, oh, just having someone, even if you're listening to this in the future, having purpose behind this day, in addition to just taking care of myself, but kind of having, quote unquote, someone to share this with uh, makes it even more rewarding. And I think it also really, as much as I'm encouraging you to do this kind of thing as you're making your impact, it also serves as a reminder to me. And so that's something I'm super thankful for. Okay, I'll be back later on. Here it is the end of my self-care day. And I will say I feel self-care for I went and uh, I went up to a nearby suburb and drove around and found some Christmas lights. I wasn't quite ready for the Christmas music yet, which I know for a lot of people probably seems normal. It's not for me, but I did enjoy finding the Christmas lights. I think that I was so focused on all the things that I felt like I had to do, all the work that I had to do, that something just fun like Christmas felt um, frivolous. I don't actually believe that, but I feel I sometimes will get into that mindset where something that is just fun for fun's sake I'll just, I'll hold it at arm's length. That's just not good. It's not healthy. Actually, this, uh, any of you who are familiar with classic 90s music might remember this song by Sinead O'Connor, and it is called Nothing Compares to You. The basic theme of the song is unrelated to what I'm talking about, but there is a line in the song where she says, where she goes to the doctor and he says, girl, you better try to have fun no matter what you do. And even though what I'm experiencing is unrelated to what poor Sinead was going through in that song, that line did keep going through my head. And I thought, that's probably a good idea. Thanks for the advice 25 years later, Sinead O'Connor. So now I'm home wrapping up my day and about to eat dinner. And I am so glad this is the right decision 
I wouldn't say it was the most adventurous of self-care adventures, but it sure made a difference for me. Thank you for joining me on this day. So here we are now in the present day, several weeks after Christmas, and now I know how my quest turned out. First of all, I'll say that my prediction that I would not meet and fall in love with like a small town bakery owner was correct. Did I reclaim my Christmas spirit, though? I will say sort of. I did not put up a tree or any decorations. I didn't really listen to Christmas music. I did put up all my outdoor uh, blue Christmas lights, and I really enjoyed that. And I kept them on until January 6th which is epiphany and a totally legit tradition for keeping Christmas lights on. One thing I enjoyed was wrapping up gifts for my friends and family. Otherwise, though, I didn't really engage in Christmassy things until I got to my parents' house a few days before Christmas. I enjoyed hearing the music my mom always plays and her house is beautifully decorated. And I did enjoy spending time with my family and friends. And it really ended up being a nice holiday. But it's unusual for me to not be engaged in Christmas throughout the whole holiday season. This was an unusual year in general, though. I don't know if you felt it, but with Thanksgiving happening so late, the holiday season felt so compressed and that caught me off guard. It seemed to like amplify the stress and the pressure of everything. Plus, for me personally, December and January are two of my biggest months, with December being the end of year giving season for nonprofits and January being Human Trafficking Awareness Month. You know, I thought to myself, I should have known better. I should have been more ready. But, you know, no matter how much we plan in advance, sometimes life just gets on top of us. Something that we have talked about on this show is that making your impact doesn't exist in a vacuum. Real life is always happening at the same time. Sometimes we do a great job balancing everything and sometimes we don't. And our inner critic can really have a field day when that happens. We've just got to extend grace to ourselves because that's the only way we'll make it through those harder times and continue to make our impact on the other side of them. And now relatedly, we discussed our word of the year in last week's episode. And by the way, I'd still love to hear yours if you haven't shared it already. I mentioned that my word for 2020 is fresh, and I wasn't sure exactly why that would be my word. But as I re-listened to my self-care adventure to edit it for the podcast, I realized that I really hadn't technically achieved my holiday quest. And that really shined a light on how relevant the word fresh is for me. I just realized, wow, for me to sustain the pace that I'm running at, to sustain making my impact, I've got to get some more freshness into my everyday life. So, you know, I guess that would be a really good theme for my self-care adventures in 2020. I just thought of that right now. That's a good idea. Cool. Well, maybe you can incorporate your word of the year into your self-care during 2020 as well. Now it's time for my special month-long January feature, the Human Trafficking Awareness Spot. I've been working full-time in anti-human trafficking advocacy for over six years now. And like I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for the Dragonfly Home. We're the only state-certified nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. And fighting human trafficking has turned out to be one of my life's callings, and it's the main way that I'm making my impact on a daily basis. 
One thing we say at Dragonfly a lot is that human trafficking can't thrive in a community that's aware of it. Traffickers count on people not knowing a lot about the crime because it makes it easier to keep it underground. But as I've mentioned, uh, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And the more good quality information we can learn about human trafficking, the more equipped we are to fight it. So that's why I'm doing this special feature this month. For today's episode, I'm going to discuss just two common misconceptions that I know I've heard a lot when I've just been going through life and talking about human trafficking. I just want to start out by saying, you know, I used to believe a lot of these things too. That's why I'm sharing all this today. It's just a matter of continuing to learn and grow. So first misconception, human trafficking victim survivors are all or mostly people from other countries. The truth is American citizens, as well as people from other countries can be trafficked. It's important to know that this is happening right here in the United States. So yes, people from other countries are brought here by traffickers to be sold for sex and or labor. At Dragonfly, we've certainly served people from other countries who were trafficked in the US. However, we also need to know that American citizens are being trafficked right here in our cities and towns across the country. Many people we've served at Dragonfly were born, raised, and trafficked right here in the U.S., often in their hometowns or their home states. And a second misconception I want to share is that human trafficking requires movement or travel. That is not the case. So the word trafficking literally includes the word traffic, which, you know, makes us think of roads and vehicles and movement. But in this context, the word traffic is defined as to deal or trade in something illegal. So moving a person from one place to another or taking someone across the state or country's border is not required for human trafficking. Some people report that they never left their hometown when they were sold for sex or labor. A person can be trafficked without ever leaving their house. It's easy to overlook situations like an intimate partner selling their spouse, their boyfriend or girlfriend for sex. Another situation that many people don't realize is so tragically common is when parents sell their children for sex. You know, they don't ever have to leave their house for that to happen. And this is, of course, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to hear. It breaks my heart and it makes me so angry. And see, this is why I want to share about misconceptions, because if we continue to believe them, you can see how we could completely overlook some people who have experienced or are currently experiencing human trafficking. If we think trafficking only happens to people from other countries, we could overlook American citizens who've been trafficked and need help. And if we think that someone has to be taken across state or national borders to be trafficked, we may miss the student who is walking down the hallway at their school by day and being sold by a family member at night. So I'll go ahead and stop here because I could really get going on this topic and then this episode of Making Your Impact would go on just for hours. But since this is the way that I make my impact on a day-to-day basis, I wanted to use this platform to share a little bit of info with you. And frankly, I've heard this time and time again. You never know how this information could come into play later on in your life. You never know how knowing this could equip you to make an impact in someone else's life if they've experienced trafficking. And I know that the topic is dark, but you know there's a lot of hope. I can tell you from the standpoint of what we see at Dragonfly, there's so much hope 
when people who have experienced human trafficking can get specialized care. And there's a lot of hope because people are starting to become more aware of this crime. If you'd like to learn a few more common misconceptions about human trafficking or just more about human trafficking in general, you can visit www.thedragonflyhome.org and find the human trafficking tab. I'll put the link to Dragonfly's website in the show description. Now, as we wrap up the episode, it's time for the question of the ep, and it's about your own self-care adventure. The question is, what is one easily accessible activity you could do this week to engage in some restorative self-care? Leave your answer to the question on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact on the post for this episode, episode 25. And the post for this episode is up now. On next week's episode, I'll be sharing an interview with a young woman named Sierra Ray. She was my first ever intern at the Dragonfly Home. She has gone on to engage in her own successful business, as well as engage in advocacy in other ways. And she's a pretty inspiring person. And until then, please subscribe to this podcast to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.